It's not in my Trapper Keeper. It's not so in your I'm Trapper sure Keeper, so you don't know why. No. Shall we? Um, what do you want to talk about? You know, let's just get out here and ramble. <laughs> Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we are again leaning into our love for new releases. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, Tina. Hi, Renee. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm great. I had a great morning. I'm ready to go. I'm like pumped. I have three good books that I recommend all today. Oh, good, good. It'll balance you. (laughs) I have a bit of a spectrum today and also a spectrum as far as lengths go, which I didn't plan, but actually it turned out perfectly. Mm -hmm. I have a super short, a super long, entirely too long, and a medium. Just (laughs) And a just right. (laughs) That you just read. Yeah, mine are all, I would say, mid-length, but two of mine are five stars. So I'm like- Oh, that's good. pumped. Pumped, I say. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I have one five star. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it five star. One five star, one, probably four. And the other, I'm still thinking about the rating, but it's probably going to be fairly low. Okay. And that happens. Yeah. We like to bring a wide range of ratings to the podcast because just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it won't work for everybody. But then too, if some of our listeners end up not loving a super popular book and they feel kind mm-hmm. of alone, it might be nice to hear one of us say like, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. Oh, sure. And, and I know, and we know, and hopefully listeners know by now, you're never alone. Right. There's always pro- there's always going to be at least one other person who probably mm-hmm. feels similar. I know. In our chat and so, yeah. our Discord, there there's a nope corner, which is just like where we go to say, no, this <laughs> wasn't for me. And somebody shared they didn't like Daisy Jones. I really uh-huh. liked it and I but I knew that you didn't. So I was like I did. I re- You didn't love I it replied. like everyone. Right. Yeah. I didn't love it. And I know. I think she said uh I feel like I'm the only one. And mm-hmm. so I chimed in. I'm like, no, nope. I didn't really <laughs> I, I didn't really care for it. Nope. I didn't really care for it either. I know. And you know, that is what makes the reading world go round. For real. I yeah. Mean, if we all love books, how, that that would be so boring. If we're all like, this was great. This one was great too. I mean, anyway. Then what's there to talk about? Exactly. <laughs> okay. My loving lately, I I'm segueing back into skincare also because I'm switching up. You might you might do this and I'm curious to know if you do. As the temperatures get cooler, colder and winter comes, I switch up my moisturizer and I don't believe I've talked about this one on the show, but what I switch to is the Tatcha Dewy Skin Cream. It's a plumping and hydrating moisturizer. And Tatcha is T A T C H A. I'll link to that. It comes in three sizes, and it is a super rich, very creamy cream. The main ingredients are Japanese purple rice, Okinawa algae blend, and our favorite hyaluronic acid. This is definitely for normal to dry skin. I have dry skin, and as winter comes and we barely have any humidity, I have really dry skin. Mm-hmm. It's great for plumping and moisturizing. And what I really, really like about this is, yes, it's very creamy when it goes on, but it doesn't feel tacky or sticky or gooey or too much at all. It works perfectly and it keeps me moisturized all day long because I walk outside throughout the winter. So I need something that is going to keep my skin moisturized. This is my favorite. I vary in my size. I just got the medium one, I think, but the big one will last over a year. You don't need a lot. You need a little. I think people who live in humid environments or climates might not love it. And if you have oily skin, probably, probably maybe not. 
But Tatcha also makes a lighter weight cream. I think it's called water cream. So if you like the sound of this skincare line, which I believe their products are cruelty-free, they don't put a lot of like junk in it as far as chemicals. I really, really like it. So that's the Tatcha Dewy Skin Cream. Yeah, that is a great brand. They have a lot of good products. Mm-hmm. And I need a good moisturizer. I have, I don't even know what I'm using these days. It's like whatever. We're kind of trying to use up the tail end of some products. So I don't have a go-to. So I might check this one out. Yeah. Well, if you have dry skin. Yeah. Oh, I do. Like Mm -hmm. it. Okay. All right. For sure. All right. My Loving Lately is another YouTube channel. You know, we are a YouTube household. (laughs) Okay. This one is called Illuminati. But listen, okay, we'll link it. Don't be Googling Illuminati. It's like hard to find and like you'll end up on the dark web. But this is a channel that covers all things strange and corrupt. This was a Jonathan recommendation. And we literally watch YouTube all the time in this house. There's always something on. And this is one of his go-to channels. I like it because you can have it on in the background and be doing other things, but still pick up some really interesting information. And the one I was recently fascinated by He's talking about um, like people that go to these grief trips. And I don't think this is a recent video, but it just cycled on. But people that go to like the, you know, the Twin Towers or they go to like the Holocaust Museum and like, you know, there's a way to respectfully visit these places and, you know, pay your respects. But then there are some creators Mm -hmm. that go to these places and like try and exploit them for clickbait, which Mm -hmm. is super gross. But anyway, that was just one example of the video. What I love is they go on deep dives on topics like the horrifying story of the Manson family, weird stories that look at the power of nature. They have a series called Corporate Casket, which is about where bad businesses go to die. So they expose like businesses that have corrupt practices. They talk about a lot of historical events and people and situations that are like forgotten or maybe you've heard about, but you don't know a ton about like Chernobyl. They have not a ton of true crime, a little bit. My favorite section, as is Jonathan's, is called Multi-Level Mondays, where they go all about multi-level marketing, pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes. They go all into it. And there's like 200 videos on these different topics. And they have, I mean, they've been around for quite some time. So it's one of those where if you like one video, great, because there's like hundreds more that are at your disposal. I like it because you never know what you're going to get. Like, I didn't know that I was interested in the downfall of, like, Mattress Firm or the corruption of Mattress Firm. But I'm like, but now I need to know, like, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> like, why are there yeah, so many? Now I need to know. Why are there so many mattress stores? But I really enjoy this channel. And I think, again, if you like the idea of true crime but don't like things that are too gory or sketchy, this is mm-hmm. a good recommendation because you get a lot of really interesting stories, but they're not going to scare you. So I really like this. This is the YouTube channel called Illuminati. And I also, it's animated. Like the, I don't know who runs it, but their character is a, it's, it looks like a female presenter with like a triangle head. <laughs> so oh, I couldn't remember. John wasn't home and I was trying to Google like, <laughs> I was like, YouTube channel, triangle head, female triangle. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Let me just wait till he's home and I'll ask him what it's called. But it's it's pretty cool. Okay, good. All right. That's very interesting. I know you you two are a go-to YouTube mm-hmm. people. We're a YouTube family. I would, I would not have heard of any of these. All right. Uh, we have latest reads to talk about. I mean, mine is quite fun. I'm going to start us off and, and actually a very spur of the moment latest read for me because I found out or figured out that I was not going to have time to finish another read. So I'll bring that sometime in the future. So I was heading out on a walk with Vinny at the park, which is a wooded park area. And I was like, you know what? I I went to my trusty Siri Google and asked for (laughs) short, bingeable books to read in one sitting. And this book came up, which was The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew about this book. And then funny thing was, she was on the Today Show this week as we're recording, and she was giving her fall like fall books to read. And I was like, oh, gosh, I wish she would write another book. And then this popped up in perfect timing. And the audio is narrated by Julia Whalen. Oh, so I went right over to Libby. It was available. I downloaded it. And I finished this 
on our walk, which was about 50 minutes. Yeah, it's super <laughs> so short. It's, I had the physical copy. Story. It's like this thick. <laughs> and I regularly do not read short stories, but if any, you know, if anyone can tempt me, it's her. This was 64 pages, less than an hour on audio. And it also lined up perfectly with my surroundings because a walk in the woods turns out is perfect for this story, which is a creepy atmospheric fall story. It's a ghost story of a kind. So this is about an unnamed young woman, and she is the narrator of the story. She is struggling to survive by perpetrating various levels of mostly harmless fraud. And right away, I liked her. I mean, right away. On one rainy April morning, she's kind of ventured out of her usual way of earning money, and she's trying something else, and that is reading palms and reading auras at a place called Spiritual Palms. I mean, this could not be better. I was going to say, this is perfect for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect for me. And one day, in walks a customer, and this customer's name is Susan, and Susan is very troubled. Now, The unnamed narrator, I really do wish she had a name, she likens herself to be a very keen observer of human behavior. She really almost kind of thinks she knows how to read people, like she knows how to read auras. But I loved how she gave some, I don't know if they were insights. I hope they weren't because I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to think about my psychics differently the next time I go. But anyway, about reading people. And it was quite interesting. So Susan walks in. She's an unhappy woman. And her problem is that she believes there's something sinister, potentially evil going on at her house and in particular with her teenage stepson. So she tells the story of what's going on. And this unnamed narrator decides at one point after they've you know, visited for a couple times that perhaps she needs to go to the house and cleanse it of the potential spirit, evil spirits, evil goings on, etc. Now she will do this for a fee and she lays that out with Susan. So she ends up going to the house. This is a creepy, eerie Victorian home and Per Susan, this is the source of her terror and grief. She's married. Her husband travels all the time. Something, she says, is happening at this house. Something is happening with her teenage stepson, Miles. The unnamed narrator does meet Miles. He is a creepy kid. He has a disturbing manner and a grisly imagination. Now, the three of them soon become locked in a chilling battle to discover where evil truly lurks, and what, if anything, can be done to escape it. If you think a story cannot be well told in 64 pages, I challenge you to give this a try. I actually loved this start to finish. And of course, it left me wanting more, but I I have a feeling that was the intent and that was the purpose. I would love more of this story, but I was really satisfied with the whole thing. This was fun. This was perfect. If you need a palate cleanser, if you just have an hour and you, and you want an enjoyable, fun story that is creepy and is in alignment with how we know Gillian Flynn writes, this is for you. So that was The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn. Yeah, I, I really think I've owned this. I, I, it came in the mail. Maybe it came with another book that I bought or something, but I've had a copy of this for like seven years oh. <laughs> or however long <laughs> it's like been forever. Again, 64 pages, have not read it, but you, I'm glad you, you have brought to. it. I'm yeah. glad you brought it. You can totally you, I got this ex- out in an hour. I got excited when you said you saw her on television because I'm like, why? What was she doing? Was she like maybe like hinting at another book that she's writing? That's what I was hoping. I know. That's what I, but no, no such luck. I just, of, I mean, of all the authors, which I had been feeling that way about Dennis Lee Hain, and he has a book coming up this spring. Thank you. I wish she would give us another one, just one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be yeah. that would be a really fun episode topic. Authors who haven't written a book in a long time, and we want more from, but we could like go back yes. and read their old 
titles and be like, give us more. Because now I want to do some research and see like, oh, wait, who hasn't written a book in a while? Anyway, put a pin in that. Somebody remind us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. My book is an author that I know that you enjoyed. The book is I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie Mm -hmm. O'Farrell. And full disclosure, this is not technically my latest read because I read it back in August, but it's a book that I buddy read with Katie at Basic Bees Guide and Kelly at Dear Mr. Hemingway. They do a monthly buddy read together with their communities, and I read it with them, and it was a really interesting conversation. During Book Talk, we are going to be talking a little bit more about buddy reads, what those mean, what those look like. So actually, this was perfect when I looked back and realized, oh, I'd never shared about it. On 17 occasions, award-winning novelist Maggie O'Farrell has stared death in the face and lived to tell the tale. This is her memoir, and she shares all of her near-death experiences that have defined her life. I heard about this back when it came out, and I was like, how many, like, really near-death brushes? Like, how many near-death brushes do you have? Oh, she's got 17, at least. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So she's gone through illness that left her bedridden as a child. She had an encounter with a disturbed man on a remote path. That story was the first one, and it left my jaw dropped. She had other health issues. She's had pregnancy issues. And now she also has to protect her daughter because we find out that her daughter has severe allergies that literally can kill her if there's like a peanut in the house, like super severe. And it really broke my heart for both of them. So she shares these 17 stories, but stitches them together in a way to tell her life story. I really liked the structure because it's a memoir, but it's not a linear memoir where you're reading, okay, I was a kid and then I was a teen. It was short and taught and really well done. Some of the stories I will say are quieter, obviously, as are one's life. We're talking about near-death experiences, but they're not all as dramatic as, as you know, finding a scary man on a remote path. And some are more intense. That first story made me purchase a physical copy because I'm like, oh, okay, got it. This is where we're going. I need more of this. I love that she talks about having like this chronic illness, but doesn't want it to define her. And I was stunned at how hard she had to work to really make herself heard and make people not see her as a quote invalid or like as, you know, somebody that can't handle their own because of her physical illness. It also made me realize that government-subsidized healthcare isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be because she had to really—I mean, there were some very terrible doctors that she ran into. This book reconfirmed my desire to stay out of large bodies of water. Some of these stories, I'm like, Maggie, girl, you're not a swimmer, babe. Like, get out of the ocean. (laughs) Like, we are not doing this. Overall, though, I will say this is a solid, unique memoir that I'm very glad I read. It really made me think. It kind of freaked me out because I'm like— How many times have I been close to death and not realized it? Because this has happened to all of us, I'm quite sure. Like if a car would have been eight inches to the left, you know, stuff like that. It's like if you could really go down a scary rabbit hole if you want to. Mm -hmm. But I love a memoir that just opens your eyes to somebody else's perspective, but then also makes you think about your own life and how it relates. Mm -hmm. I would have never picked this book up without the buddy read. So I'm super glad that they had this as their pick and that that's some of the benefits of participating in Buddy Reads is that if you want to, sometimes you're like, all right, let me try this book and see how it goes. So thanks to them for hosting. And I recommend this book. It's I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie O'Farrell. Yeah, I love the sound of that. I, I have heard of that book, but I don't know why I haven't picked it up. That I wonder if she was aware at the time that she was or do you know from reading it that she was, uh, you know, missing, like barely escaping death? No, I don't think okay. in the moment. Some of them, absolutely, because like, yes, you know. Okay. Some of them, I think it's more subtle. And when you look back, you're like, oh, I was inches from something terrible happening. It's okay. really good. Oh, also, quick trigger. The, I was listening to this. I remember where I was. I was shopping at Target and I was crying because trigger for miscarriage. She was graphic, but not in a bad way. Just, I just felt so, I felt so much for her. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Before we head into book talk, I want to share our listener latest read this week. Our listener latest read comes from Brad at Fred Handbag underscore reads on Instagram. And it is The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. And if that sounds a bit familiar, that was one of my February books on the radar. 
However, I still haven't read it. (laughs) But I thought it sounded really good at the time. So Brad recommends this because he says it has not gotten a lot of buzz this year. And he believes it's a slightly different take on time travel, which is what I really like the sound of about it when I found it last February. He says it feels like an original idea. When time travel is commercialized, what are the rules? Where do people stay? Who's in charge? How do we get rid of the baby raptors running through the halls? And if that doesn't intrigue you, I don't know what does. Brad says this is an entertaining story and one he recommends. That's The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. Yeah, my father-in-law was really into that book. I got I sent a copy. He's like, I, I got to get this book. I got to get my hands on it. So I gave him my copy because oh. I was oh, like, good. yeah. And I don't think he's read it either, but maybe one <laughs> of us will someday. <laughs> that Yes, I hope we do. For Book Talk today, I was kind of, usually it's Renee. Renee is the questioner, the researcher, the one that's really good with coming up with these topics. But for some reason, I was inspired. I wanted to talk about buddy reads. I think I've had buddy reads on the mind for Book Talk, et cetera. We have a plethora of buddy reads this month. It just so happened that things timed up that way. So I wanted to chat. I don't think we've ever done a really deep dive on what buddy reads are, what they look like. So buddy reads, and and maybe you define it differently, but it is they can be planned or they can be impromptu. And it's just basically when you and one of your reading buddies read the same book at the same time and chat together about it, either while you're reading or at the very end. I like them sometimes when they're like spur of the moment. I, and I never start them. I always get roped into them. Thank you to those that... <laughs> Continue to ask me, even though I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm not the greatest buddy reader, but like, I do like it when I'm able to. Well, I, I liked that you brought this up too, because it made me start thinking, what is the difference between a buddy read and a book club? Which I really kind of in my head thought they're the same, but they're, I don't think they are the same. I mean, they have similar concepts. So yes, I would say I have always thought buddy reads are impromptu, spontaneous, and you just kind of ask someone if they want to read a book with you mm-hmm. or or you are asked by someone. Um, but it can be like we're doing on Instagram. It can be a whole group of people. We have a, a large buddy read. Mm-hmm. But I think the key difference is it has a beginning and an end. So you... Buddy reads are, yes, spontaneous and, hey, let's all, let's either you and I read this together or as a group, let's read this together and pick a start date and an end date mm-hmm. where book clubs are ongoing and every, you know, everybody usually gets together in person. Buddy reads uh, a lot of times take place in messaging apps mm-hmm. or you know, somehow behind the scenes, maybe Zoom. Yeah, there's not possible. There's not usually like a meeting component, whereas you're like, whether you're on Zoom or in person, like a book club is. Book club, I do ours via Zoom, but still we're meeting face-to-face through Mm -hmm. through a camera. Yeah, I guess that is the difference, right? Yeah, I think think Mm -hmm. that's what... I'll accept it. (laughs) (laughs) I accept that definition. Usually also when the buddy read is over, it's over. Yes, exactly. Unless you and that person decide to read something else together, mm-hmm. but it's such a clear starting and ending, which is kind of nice, especially for people who don't want to commit to a monthly book club yeah. or you know, a regular get together. It could be fun to still read a book with someone else. And I don't know that, you know, maybe there's people who don't realize that, you know, if you're on Instagram, if you are on Facebook, you can easily get in, you know, you don't have to even necessarily know the person. I know on Instagram, you can hashtag buddy read and put the title of the book in. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't you you can meet people who might want to read with you by by doing various things. Yeah. Do you know of other ways that you would suggest? Yeah. So the buddy reads that I have been a part of, by and large, were all through Instagram. I know I always keep an eye on what Katie and Kelly are sharing, mm-hmm. Basic Bees Guide and Dear Mr. Hemingway. Yes. Yes. I'll put their hashtag up, Dear Basic Buddy Read. We can share some of the buddy reads that we know of on Instagram, some of their hashtags. 
All right, I have a question. So what makes a good buddy read or community read book? And how are they picked? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exact. I don't know if there's exact factors. Yeah. Other than if there is a book, it could be a buzzy book. It could be a celebrity book club book. It could be a book that, let's say I was very interested in reading. And I, for example, when you brought Perfect Days mm-hmm. to the show, I thought that sounded so good. And one of our patrons, Courtney, she posted about it on her Instagram and said she wanted to read it. And so I was like, oh, do you want to read that together? It was just that fast. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you know of a book and you want to talk about it, you want to read it, but you would like to talk about it with someone, then you ask someone to buddy read with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I know in our Discord, there's a lot of impromptu buddy reads that go on. And I think Discord's a great platform for it because you can hide spoilers. So there's a way that you can like say your thoughts, but hide the pieces that you think might be spoilery to other people. And sometimes that's super fun. It makes me want to read the books. I'm like, wait, what's under that hidden part? Like, I want to know what's under there. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see the spoilers too. I think they can be structured or unstructured. I've seen ones where you are chatting throughout. I've seen ones that have like a solid end date. I never really was a, I'm not a big buddy reader. I'm not the greatest at it just because of, you know, I'm a mood reader. So really the only times that I do them is when I start them myself. <laughs> and usually it's if I've already read the book. And I just, I laugh because I was I was going back in my Instagram DMs. I was looking for something specific. I saw a couple of times when a couple of my friends were like, hey, do you want to buddy read this together? I'm like, no. <laughs> Like, I just don't. I'm not like I I just can't be cornered into it. I don't know what it is about my personality, but I do think that they can bring a lot of value for people. And I think the best way to do it for me is if, like you said, there's a book that I definitely want to read and I'm already reading it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll buddy read with you if I'm already reading it. It can be hard for me to like pick up a book based on somebody else's like recommendation. It's probably why I started, you know, we started our own podcast because it just, I don't know why it works better for me to to lead it that way. Yeah. There is a couple ways you can do a buddy read too. Depending on what you agree on, you could set a chapter amount, like let's chat, let's read three chapters and then chat about it. And a lot of people love to do that. I don't like to read that way or chat about, like I would rather personally finish the whole story and then chat about it. Mm -hmm. But I can see the advantage of, you know, chatting along the way. And sometimes it is kind of fun to, or just check in. That's what, that's what Courtney and I did. Like, what part are you on? Yeah. And just to find out. And if we happen to have passed a, you know, a certain page number, then we, would quick chat about something crazy that happened, you know, in the beginning. I guess it it is a nice way to enhance your reading life mm-hmm. if, you know, and if you don't want to be in a book club. I mean, you can obviously do both, but it's kind of a nice, fun alternative to waiting even, you know, waiting a whole month to then get together with people to then talk about the book. Mm-hmm. Usually buddy reads can be faster. And mm-hmm. you get you get more interaction, yeah. Like, as you read, or yeah, right when you're done. And I like the idea that it is a mixed group. Like it, it there's a start date and end date, and like you may not mm-hmm. read with the same people during the next time. Even some of the um, buddy reads that are hosted on Instagram with larger groups, like the group chat is always going to have different people in it, and I think that's kind of fun too. Yes, yes, and you can meet different people that way, and. You know, if you don't even like talking about a book in a larger group, just having one other person to share opinions with or thoughts or wow moments, and that can just be fun. So I'm glad we did this because I I did always wonder myself, what is the difference between a buddy mm-hmm. read and a yeah. book club? Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't land on that. I knew there was a difference, but I wasn't able to articulate it before. Well, good. Tell me what you've been reading. I'm very curious to hear. Okay, let's get into it. All right. And and I was super distracted by these new releases. <laughs> I'm glad we did this. Because sometimes right. they're just staring at us, these new releases. I'm oh, like, I'm just, I want to get them out. I just have to 
let me read our new books <laughs> that are coming out yeah. instead. So it kind of these more broad topics gives us the opportunity to read a little bit more within our preference, a little bit wider range. So I do think too, it's kind of fun for listeners because these are going to be random. They're probably not going to relate to each other, but I guess we'll find out. Exactly. All right. My first book is, well, I'm leading with my favorite, my five star. I'm I'm landing on five stars with this, I believe. It's Dinosaurs by Lydia Millet. Mm, Yes. I had no intention of picking this book up until I heard Sarah from Fiction Matters talking about it. And I really enjoy her reviews. And she has very particular taste in literary fiction that I really respect and enjoy. And literary fiction seems to be working for me this fall. And I will say she's from Fiction Matters on Instagram and has the blog Fiction Matters, and she has the Novel Pairings podcast. So this book, and this is the first that I have read by this author, And it tells the story of an Arizona man's relationship with the family next door. And I do have to say, when I initially read the synopsis of this, I thought this was a potentially creepy story (laughs) because his relationship with the family next door starts by him watching them through their windows because their house on the side that faces him is made entirely of glass. Yo. So... (laughs) He could see everything that's going on. So, you know, of course, my brain is like, oh, this is creepy. This is going to be creepy. (laughs) This is not creepy. This is not creepy. This is a story about attraction and love, friendship and grief. And the interesting thing about this story, Gil is the main character. To get to Arizona, Gil walks from New York City. Why? He walks. Why? <laughs> because you you have to you're gonna have to read to find ah, out. Okay, okay. You have to read to find out. But that's how he gets there. He is that he gets to Arizona, he sets up a new life for himself. And this is a story about Gil. Gil is the narrator. I listened to this, the audio is fantastic. And Gil's story, it centers on his observation of humans, but also animal life in the desert and how that is tied in with human society. This is a story of, if any, how can one person make a real difference in the world? It's funny. It is insightful. It is sad at times. Gil wants to be a good man and questions whether he is a good man. And There's also a big question about wealth. What does that do? How does it benefit or not benefit? This is such a hard story to describe because it's it's a story. And I know Sarah had, and this is really what she had said that really piqued my interest. It's not really about all that much, but it's about so much. Yep. It's one of those stories. And I loved it. I loved it. I never in a million years thought... I would love the story that much. Something that I found was that was really fun for me was I had a picture of Gil in my head as Steve Carell. And I know I'm on a big Steve Carell kick lately, but <laughs> I, see his, that. I am. But his character, Gil, reminded me of Steve Carell's character in one of my very favorite movies, Crazy Stupid Love. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen that movie and you know what I'm talking, that's how I, that's who Gil reminded me of. And it just worked so well. I loved how the author incorporated so much nature writing and observations. I loved it because I love to read about nature and animals. And I thought she tied that in within the story and larger themes of life and human behavior. I really, truly just loved it. It's Dinosaurs by Lydia Millet. I love that. And yes, that is not a book I would have put on my bingo card that you were going to read. (laughs) I I know. I know. Well, yeah. It might even be a favorite. Wow. I was just thinking about it sidebar. I'm like, I'm going to like be within a stone's throw of probably like 150 books this year having been read. How are we going to narrow it down to our top 10? How? I'd, well, (laughs) I say, I'm going to say, oh, I don't know, but I bet I, you think you could? I feel like I can do it. I feel like I've had, we're going to winners this, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have. I think I have a, 
I, you know what? And also, this is a confession. You know, I'm not a star raider, but I think, I think I'm going to roll back out the five stars. Like, I, I do think I'm ready. It's okay to really like a book and still not rate it five stars because there is a difference mm-hmm. between a book I really enjoyed, but it's not quite five stars and a five star read. Okay. So I'm just yes. confessing to all of you that I love that. This is, the book I'm about to share is a five-star read. I literally was like clapping, like huzzah when it was over with. And book one for me is actually a book that we're buddy reading for our October hashtag read with BTE community read for our patrons. It's The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. This is a Carrie retelling and it uses the true crime podcast trope so well. When Springville residents at least the ones that are still alive, are questioned about what happened on prom night, they all have the same explanation. Maddie did it. Maddie was an outcast at her small town Georgia high school, and she's always been a target for bullies. And she's dealt with it because she has a pretty rough home life, and frankly, she has bigger problems to manage. Until the morning, a surprise rainstorm reveals her most closely kept secret. Maddie is biracial and she has been passing for white for her entire life at the request of her fanatical white father, Thomas Washington. Maddie doesn't know her mother, and her dad refuses to even acknowledge that part of her. He just forces her to straighten her hair and watch the weather and make sure that she's never caught outside so that people don't pick up on it. So there is a bullying video that goes viral, and it basically exposes Springville High's racist roots. And student leaders don't want this to be their high school's legacy. So they come up with a plan to try and change the high school's image. And they're going to host the school's first integrated prom as a show of unity. By the way, this is set in present day. My brain was like, they had separate proms for students of color and white students? Like, no friggin' way. That's not a thing. John quickly informed me, oh no, as of not that long ago, that was still happening in certain towns. So I was glad that it made me look that up. So the Something that they do, the popular class president convinces their high school quarterback to ask Maddie to be his date. And Kenny goes along with it. He's black himself, but he's like, you know what? All right, whatever. I'm going to ask her. And things take off from there. The audio is excellent. There's a full cast, including my favorite narrator, J.D. Jackson. And retellings for me can be hit or miss, but I think this one's really, really well done. I like the story of Carrie by Stephen King. I love this story. It's even better. This is billed as YA horror, but it didn't read too young for me. This is great for fall. You've got football games. You've got fall dances. You've got just that atmosphere. And it's just the right amount of spooky. I do not think if you're very sensitive that you'll be overly bothered by it. But I, you know, if you know Carrie at all, you kind of know things happen. There is an excellent ending. I love this ending so much. This book was a solid five-star read. And I really, really want this adaptation. I cannot wait to talk to other people about this because I'm like, I need to know your thoughts on the ending. So it was such a good book. It's The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. Oh, good. Love when you get this excited. I'm so pumped. I'm jazzed (laughs) about this book. And you're right. It doesn't happen all the time. But this is the book that made me realize, no, there is a difference between books you really like and five stars in my reading world. The reemergence of Tina's five stars. Can I, I get a it. can I get a sound, Jonathan, or what? <laughs> yes, you need your own sound. Mm-hmm. All right, that was that's good. I, I, that sounds really good. Oh, uh, Carrie retelling sounds just genius. I mean, what a yes. I know, and that was all I needed. I was like, oh, got it, sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I saw it was Tiffany D. Jackson. I'm like, yes, we're doing it. So I had high hopes going in, and it held up. Okay, great. All right. My next new release is Mad Honey by Jody Picot and Jennifer Finney Boylan. This is one of my October books on the radar. So I actually read one of my books on the radar love in, when a that very, happens. in a very timely manner. I did this one in a combination print and audio. This is long. This is very long. So I ended up sticking with the print because it is so long, and I wasn't crazy about the audio because of one of the narrators who has a little bit too much of a whispery type of way, and I can't 
it was more of a preference. And also I figured out with this book, I can read faster than I can listen. So it, because of the length, it's over 15 hours on audio. It's over 465, around 465 pages. I'm going to tell you right now, it's entirely too long. Mm-hmm. That's my first thought on, on that. Okay. Let me refresh your memory in case you know you don't remember what I said on Books on the Radar. And I went into the story only knowing this publishing synopsis. So this is about Olivia, the, who's a mother, Olivia McAfee. And she has returned to New Hampshire, where she grew up, with her 18-year-old son, Asher. They have returned after she had originally lived in Boston. She had been married to a brilliant cardiothoracic surgeon, and he had ended up revealing a very dark side in their marriage, and she packed up Asher, and they left. So she's been in New Hampshire for many years. She has taken over her father's beekeeping business. Other characters you need to know about. Her son, Asher, he's 18, and he is heading into his senior year of high school. Lily Campanello is another high school student, and she and her mom have relocated to this this city in New Hampshire for her final year of high school, and they are hoping for a fresh start. So Lily and Asher's paths cross at high school, They um, are introduced via Lily's friend, Maya, and they hit it off. They fall in love. They're, you know, they're dating. They're doing, you know, the the high school relationship thing. They're very into each other, and they're both really happy. Lily feels happy at times, she says, you know, almost for the first time in her life. But she wonders if she can trust Asher completely. And this is not a spoiler. This is what the publisher has put out there on the jacket cover. One day, Olivia, the mother, receives a phone call. Lily is dead and Asher is being questioned at the police station. Okay, that's all I knew. If that sounds good, that's all you need to know. This story, there is so much to it. This is a courtroom thriller at times. The whole thing is not a courtroom thriller. But this is a a courtroom thriller slash drama. I don't know that the pace lends itself to be called a thriller, but it is also a very much a family drama that looks at so many topics and themes. Okay, I have asked myself so many times since I finished, did I like this? And where I've landed, yes, at times I did really like this, especially in the beginning especially in, I'm not even going to give a a percentage, but I was very into the way the authors set this story up. The first many, many, many chapters were a fairly quick pace. I mean, the way that that they got into the story, the introduction to the characters allowed me to get a really good idea of who they were. I did feel they were layered. They were flawed. Meaning I didn't, you know, I didn't like everyone, but I understood, okay, I get where they're coming from. I understand, you know, that everybody has baggage, you know, in the story. And that's good. That makes for a flawed character. I thought the rising levels of tension as the story evolved was really good. And surprisingly for me, I actually really, really loved learning about bees and beekeeping. Mm-hmm. It was true, really, truly. I that's probably one of the biggest surprises. I didn't know, and I loved hearing about bees and beekeeping up until a point. They, I mean, it did get a little heavy, a little too much at some point later on. I loved Olivia's brother Jordan and his wife Celine. Love those characters. Loved the part that he played in the story. I really love learning about particular issues and experiences of people whose lives are very different than mine. Very, very different. I actually, in my reading, I want to know and learn. I mean, I want to be entertained, but I want to know and learn about things that I may not truly have any idea about 
or that the media may have, have presented in certain skewed ways, I enjoy that aspect in my reading of learning. I do think there's a fine line between incorporating information that helps in learning and providing teachable moments in fiction. I think there's a fine line for when it becomes too heavy-handed, which is for me what happened in this book. So what I did not like. Somewhere along the way, the authors, I felt, this is my opinion, I am one opinion. (laughs) Okay, somewhere along the way, the I felt that the authors stopped trusting me, the reader, to understand the plot and to, quote unquote, get the points they were trying to share. And their agendas overtook the story. I felt hit over the head with repetitive details, knowledge about particular things, information regarding what I consider a laundry list of issues that they included in this story. For example, the themes that they addressed, this is not even an exhaustive list. This is a few of them. Domestic violence, suicide, suicidal ideation, racism, LGBTQ, including, including homophobia and transphobia, depression, and more. I started to feel at one point lectured to and really, truly lectured to. And that's when the story lost me and my enjoyment tanked and it never returned. Um, I have a very strong negative reaction and opinion about the ending. And that's where I'm going to leave it. If metaphors bother you, this could be tough for you. There is a lot of metaphors, which for me, and I I would actually really, truly love to talk about these issues. My criticisms with somebody else and I did talk with one. I did talk with uh, with a friend behind the scenes, and I and I was really appreciative of processing it with him because I wasn't sure how to tackle this review because I can't say much. If you've read Jody Picoult, you know she likes to put twists in her book, and this is this is no exception. And so I can't talk about a whole lot of the story, but know this: this is going to make you think. This is going to make you ponder. This is, you're going to want to discuss this. Oh, I I had started to say the excessive use of metaphors. I do think for me that played into me feeling like the author didn't trust me. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. I I understand a few metaphors, but when I feel, I feel like things like this, things in the courtroom were quiet. I think I know what that means, but the whole sentence was, you know, things are quiet like the air after a thunderstorm. It, It was, it was everything, so many metaphors. And I felt like, again, I don't need to be pounded over the head with certain aspects of, of things. I, I get it. That's my opinion. If you've read it, I would love to talk about it. I do think this could lend itself to a buddy read, mm-hmm. a book club discussion, for sure. It's Mad Honey by Jody Picoult and Jennifer Finney Boylan. You did a great job. And I agree that Thank you. overuse of metaphors gets to you. And it's one of those devices, when you start to see it, you can't not see it. And then you're like, there it is again. There it is again. And it just tr- takes you completely out of the reading experience. Well, let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. yes, it it can be just straight annoying. But do you ever feel like I did here? Like I felt like, how come how come? I am not, as a reader, trusted to understand that that things are just quiet or that someone's clearing their throat without a metaphor. No, I think you're right. You nail it. That is that is how the reader can feel if they're reading a book with the overuse of that. I, I like how you described that. Okay. I wondered. I thought maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me feeling like that. I don't know if I've ever thought about it or articulated it that way, but I can totally see what you mean. Okay. All right. Like allow us to use our imagination and, and right. without you telling us exactly how it should exactly. look. And I and I understand it's a particular choice of of writing style, which is totally fine, but that's just how it made me feel mm-hmm. at, at one point. Yeah. Well, 
I'll bring things right. up a little bit. Let's talk cold <laughs> Thank cases. You. <laughs> Let's talk about a cold case. I have her book too, W-A-K-E by Shelley Burr. Oh. It's actually not Wake. It's W-A-K-E. And you find out why. This is a debut. It is Australian crime fiction for fans of Jane Harper's The Dry or Gillian Flynn's Sharp Objects. And I'm here to tell you those are excellent comps. Oh, I love those comps. Oh, yeah. This book is set in the Australian outback, and it's about grief and guilt that a community has surrounding the unsolved disappearance of one of their local girls. The tiny outback town of Nanine lies in the center of Australia. It used to be a thriving center of stockyards and sheep stations, but years of punishing drought has petrified the land, and Nanine is now not much more than a stoplight, a few bars, and a police station. And it also has one other huge claim to fame, the still unsolved disappearance of young Evelyn McCreary 19 years ago. This book follows her sister, Mina McCreary, whose life has totally been defined by the intense public interest in her sister's case, which is still a hot topic in true crime chat rooms and on social media. So now as an adult, she's still living on their farm. She's anxious. She's pretty reclusive and pushes people away from her. And she lives alone on the farm that her sister disappeared from. Then Lane Holland enters her life, and he is a young private investigator who dropped out of the police academy to earn a living cracking cold cases. And before she died, Mina's mom funded a million-dollar reward for anyone who can explain how Evelyn vanished from her bed in the family's farmhouse in the middle of the night with no evidence. I love that Mina's mom, she makes her money by selling her story about what happened to her daughter. There's documentaries, there's books, like that's how she funded this reward. And I loved that addition. And Lane was, he's able to win Mina's trust um, because he has a little bit of an unconventional method. But what I loved is that he wasn't silly. It wasn't like he was like Scooby-Dooing in the for- <laughs> in the woods trying to like find clues and like trying to solve it on his own. You know, if he finds anything, he seems to be in cooperation with the police. But you find out that Lane also has a past of his own. He, he may have darker motivations for being so obsessed with this crime. I absolutely loved this book. I could not put it down. I did the audio. I think it played very well on audio, but I certainly think you could do it in print as well. This book is so atmospheric and so well told, and it's a great balance of character and plot-driven What I loved is you have a kind of really good plot, really good hook. I was set from basically the synopsis, but then as you're reading, there's layers and you come to know the characters. And I loved the characters. I loved finding finding out more about them. And this book's about what happens when a family's private trauma is used for public entertainment and how it's never too late for the truth to come out. It's about cold cases, and the characters were smart. I loved that. It felt like a very tense reading experience, and without saying too much, I was really, really satisfied with how everything wrapped up. I will definitely be looking out for more by this author. It's a debut, and I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. Another five star for me, and I highly recommend it. It's W-A-K-E by Shelley Burr. Um... I love it. I can't so believe good. it wasn't on my radar. You're everything you had to say. I was like, uh huh, uh huh. You're like, yeah. check, check. Oh, I think you would love this book. Also, now I, <laughs> I just realized I have literally no idea when that book came out. Um, hopefully, it's out now. Like we're doing a new release. I think it's a new release. Oh. I just realized. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> also, too, it's Australian, so it may have come out in Australia prior oh. to coming out here in the U.S. I guess it came out first in April 2022. You'll forgive me, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's close enough to being a new release. That's a I've cons- I consider in my head for this I consider anything January 2022 till now as new release. Perfect. <laughs> oh my god, and yes. I just hopped over to Goodreads really quickly and cuz I was looking for the pub date. <laughs> uh, the the first review, five stars. Best book I've ever written. Shelley Burr. <laughs> that makes uh. me laugh. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I hope y'all give this one a chance. Oh, that sounds good. Did you say uh, you read or audio or both? I did both, but okay. Yeah. Do you recommend? I would, I would recommend the audio for sure, especially okay. if you like Australian narrators. Oh. I'm not okay. gonna do. I'm not gonna imitate. I'm not gonna do it. I would like. To <laughs> I, thought try, uh-uh. I thought about it. I thought about it. Go for it. <laughs> You're good at, at accents. Oh, I You've think done... I'm good. No. Yes. No. I'm You're not better good. Better than me. That's for sure. 
<laughs> oh god! Uh, all right, that. let's let me let me bring this home with our shelf edition, and I'm so excited. What a co- funny coincidence! My shelf edition is an author I've been waiting five years to hear from again. <gasps> oh, fun. and she's an Ohio and she's an Ohio author. This is The Wilder Women by Ruth Emmy Lang. Comes out November 15th. She is the author of Beasts of Extraordinary Experience, which was a five-star read of mine many years ago. All right. In this story, you have a mother, Nora Wilder, and five years ago, she disappeared. The older of her two daughters, Zadie, should have seen it coming because she can literally see things coming. But not even her psychic abilities were able to prevent her mother from vanishing one morning. Now, you also have Zadie's estranged younger sister, Finn. Although she can't see into the future, she has an uncannily good memory. So good that she remembers not only her own memories, but the echoes of memories that other people have left behind. Ooh. Yeah. Don't, That's don't interesting. You love that? Yeah. I like that. On the afternoon of her graduation party, Finn is overcome by a quote unquote echo more powerful than anything she's experienced before. It is a woman singing a song she recognizes, a song about a bird. And when Finn wakes up alone in an, in an aviary with no idea how she got there, she realizes who the memory belongs to, her mother, Nora. So it's up to Finn and her sister to, it sounds like, somewhat reconcile their relationship. And they head out on the highway to try to find their mother using what sounds like each of their unique talents. I don't know. I I love the sound of this. If anyone can incorporate magical realism, it's this author. Because I would have never thought that Beast of an Extraordinary Experience was going to be a book I loved, and I absolutely loved it. So I have such high hopes for this one. It's The Wilder Woman by Ruth Emmy Lang. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a Renee. That sounds really good. But I it, I like the twist that it has, that they can see other people's memories as well. Like, what a cool concept. Very creative. My Shelf Edition is a book that I thought I told you about, but I was I mentioned it in passing the other day to you, and you're like, I've never heard of this book, so I'm bringing it to the <laughs> show. <laughs> it is Closing Costs by Bracken McLeod. Ugh. Okay, and this one, you know, y'all know we just bought a house uh, not too long ago, so it really relates perfectly to where I'm at in my life. Nellie and Evan Pereira were thrilled to close on their forever home, a spacious paradise nestled against a state forest in Massachusetts. Three months later, on a brisk Saturday morning, their peace is destroyed when an intruder captures Nell home by herself. She's quickly overpowered by the aggressive stranger, and she's forced down to the cold, musty basement where he ties her to a chair. And the intruder has a singular, if unusual, demand. He wants her to make a phone call, one that Nellie, or Nell, I'm not sure, is not confident she can make, even though her life depends on it. Desperate to see herself and her husband to safety, Nell doesn't yet realize that this was no chance encounter. It was a carefully planned attack. With no one to hear them scream, their secluded home feels horrifyingly isolated. And before this day is through, Nell and Evan, who share a dangerous secret, will bring a violent reckoning down upon them. Excuse me? I'm in, I'm here for it. I, I want to read this so soon. I want to, I see myself in a, in a recliner with a candle <laughs> flickering, rain outside, you know, a oh, dark, yeah. moody setting. I'll report back. It's Closing Costs by Bracken McLeod. Yeah, that sounds really good. And no, I have not heard of that. When did you say that comes out? This one came out um, in July 2021. Okay. I think it's out oh, on paperback it's, now. Oh, it's out. Nice. Out now. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Yeah, let us know about that. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, 
You can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. Everything's better with books. for losing your schoolwork with the Trapper Keeper because Trapper's special folders and pockets keep an amazing amount of work organized, secure, and right where you want it. It's on the spaceship to Pluto. The one and only Trapper, only from Mead. <laughs>